Okay, so the platform of this episode is user-friendly, it makes sense, anybody can talk about it kind of episode. Let's start with the elephant in the room. And it is simply this. Since the inception of knowing about HIV with all of its machinations and mutations of its titles, it has been received and proliferated exponentially as a cultural plague akin to leprosy instead of just being considered a medical condition, meaning a condition of biology, a a condition of biology within an ecosystem, an ecosystem that has various life forms anywhere from a virus to a human being. Thusly, if you are advocating for the prevention of HIV, if you're providing representation and trying to normalize what it means to live with HIV. If you are someone that just wants to make sure they're safe or they think they're funny or they think that they can insult someone with low-hanging fruit, one of the best recourses you can have at this point in time, in my opinion, is go, it's a medical condition. So if you're going to talk about it culturally, using stereotypes, using slang, using blue off color, inaccurate, slanderous, horrible language regarding HIV, HCI, AIDS, it shows that you are ignorant and I will push back with the actual education and that the transmission of HIV is and excuse me is a medical event it is a medical process thus a medical diagnosis and so if you cannot come from a scientific objective non-judgmental position of understanding a medical disease process then we are never going to get past the crap I guess we have to start with the biggie, (laughs) and that being those three letters, HIV. Now, I love, you know, $100 words. I love words that are descriptive. I love various descriptive words, but hot diggity dog diggity, HIV is a mouthful, but for the record, Let's say what it is. HIV is an acronym that stands for the Human Immunodeficiency Virus. When breaking it down, it really is a rather perfect descriptor, meaning it is a virus that transmits to and from human beings that creates a condition whereupon their immune system is compromised. But you, like I, have heard way too many times, it's the AIDS virus. (laughs) I, 
I think on a few occasions in my near three decades, I got tired of trying to say the full word for the acronym HIV and maybe a half a dozen times have referred to it as the AIDS virus as well. I didn't do so because I believed in it. I didn't do so because I thought it was the right way to say it. But when you're talking to other people, if you want them to pick up what you're putting down, if you say AIDS virus, boom, they're right there. They're right with you. They know what you're talking about. So let's just place HIV a matter of technical description for those who provide treatment and care. Because let's admit it, for the rest of the world, as soon as you hear HIV, it's not really what you hear. You hear AIDS, and uh, HIV really doesn't have a heck of a lot of meaning. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are trying to help it have a different meaning, to give it a different connotation, to somehow make it be more pleasant than it is. Uh, I'm not one of those people, Um, though I can appreciate there are those that do. As of circa 2022, we can also talk about ACI. I will come back to that. I am going to contextually begin with AIDS, AIDS. And it used to make me so angry early on in my diagnosis how much writing the word, painting the word, saying the word had conjured up so many pictures that were so different in so many people's minds. And most of those pictures, even though they were different in their texture, color, dynamic, all had the same message. Uh, Yuck. It was just simply yuck. And so it, it did not conjure up any positive feelings, save to be the ones that came from compassion, you know, sorrow, sadness, melancholy, fear, the trepidation that comes with loss. But again, those aren't things that fill your emotional bank in terms of, yay, I feel like kicking and going through life with a smile on my face. Uh, They're very warm words wrapping around a very hurtful situation. AIDS, like HIV, is indeed an acronym. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had my fill of acronyms because you have to do the work to do the work to do the work. Some of us just don't have the time, but I am going to take the time. AIDS is an acronym for Acquired Immune Deficiency syndrome. And the reason that I'm saying that as slow and as measured as I am is for a number of reasons. First off, in order to not hurt people's feelings, people living with HIV, HCI, and AIDS, that there's been another twist with our language. So instead of using words like getting infected with or contracting or having had transmitted HIV, um, there are a number of groups that are using the word acquire. Now, my point of view is, no, thank you. I do not want to equate 
contracting HIV to something like acquiring a lovely morsel at a posh restaurant uh, so that I can mature my taste buds and advance my social status. Um, I know it sounds prettier to say, but one, acquire denotes something that is positive in my frame of reference. And by making it so positive, uh, it takes away how horrific it is to actually contract HIV. Um, that is not to say one can't live beautifully with that medical diagnosis. I just happen to disagree that when you call an infectious disease virus, something that is purdy is misleading. Herein lies the ultimate rub, however. The acquired that is appropriate in AIDS is that when we get to talking about the actual disease process, speaking about it in such a way that it's not a six-figure professional teaching a class, that it's not a student trying to teach what they've learned, not trying to uh, be patronizing or condescending, but to actually put it in the lexicon of everyday language for everyday people, that acquired is referring to as your immune system goes down and your defense mechanisms are not strong, other disease states, other infections have an opportunity to come and visit you, to hang out with you. And so acquired is not a taste. It's not um, a process to be beautified. It is straight up a scientific word being used in a context to let people know in part how it is you advance from HIV to AIDS. So let's pivot back because circa 1996 when I was diagnosed it was binary. You either had HIV or you had AIDS. Never was there anything in between. Now we know it existed. Uh, however, there wasn't a label for it. There wasn't a classification for it. There wasn't a place that you could live in the diagnostic world where with one, you could have hope, HIV. With the other one, you felt like there was imminent death. I have a story about how HC I became known to me. Not a pretty story, but I'm not going to share it here. Um, however, since it was first introduced to me, I understood it to mean HIV chronic infection. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't sound any more pretty than the breakdown of HIV or AIDS, but it does technically serve a purpose for the treatment and carer, the treatment providers and carers, because it's accurate. You can live in a place where HIV is part of your personhood, meaning your body, um, without having secondary and opportunistic infections, getting bombarded with other things that make you sick, hence that acquiring aspect of AIDS, where 
barring anything extraordinary or catastrophic, by you simply, and I can't believe I'm, I can say this, I can say this because it is this simple to a certain degree. You can simply take your medications and then go on your life as if you don't have HIV. Because I got news for you. Everybody needs to have appropriate nutrition and nourishment. Everybody has to be hydrated. Everybody needs to be moving their body if for base minimum for functional fitness. Everybody should be flossing and brushing their teeth for dental hygiene. Everybody should be considering all of these holistic health elements so that you're respecting your body for the greatest strength, mobility, flexibility, and momentum and output you want to get from your body, which of course is attached to your mind, meaning your brain and how it thinks. So in that context, I'm not saying it's any easier than, it's any less than. I am saying if you're going to use the word normalize, this is the context in which I am most comfortable using the word normalize from the normalization principle. You can't undo a baked bun to butcher and paraphrase Stephen King. You can't unbake it, but if you have it, then to have that in-between space where you can be a quote-unquote normal person, and I'm not talking about your personalities or your you know, personality or your preferences or how you like to dress or any of that stuff. I'm talking about a human being that wants to eat, sleep, rest, play, work, interact, and have a dynamic life. One more segment for this episode, and it is not an acronym. It's a word I barely hear anymore in everyday language. Maybe it's still in the scientific journals. Maybe it's a word tossed around, you know, among professionals during a team meeting. I don't know. But I found it to be a very powerful word, and I really do think it needs to be reintroduced. And here I am going to tell an anecdotal story. If you have been listening at all, you know that I, on a whim, after seeing a clip from a movie, went and got tested for the HIV antibody in 1992. And as I had alluded to, and I suspect I will delve into in greater detail later, is that there was no risk reduction. It really was, you're negative, you're good to go, bye! especially if you had a profile like me. So at that age, I was more concerned with procreating. I already had one beautiful beloved child out of wedlock and I did not want to repeat history. I feel very blessed to have that child. I carry a lot of heartache with knowing that that child had grown up with me. Um, and you know, I don't have regret. I don't have regret because I live, learn, and grow. And I know people are tired of those three trite words, but they ain't anything trite. Uh, so as Maya Angelou had said, and lives in her written word, when I knew better, I did better. And so I knew 
that it was really important not to bring another child into the world without the appropriate resources. So that was my focus. That that was my main focus. And so my main focus was not, hey, how about you not get HIV? Um, not only was I not concerned about not getting HIV, but a plethora of other sexually transmitted infections. And that had a lot to do with the messaging, to which I will also speak about later. And if you follow my Instagram, you know I'm already saying all kinds of things about it. So 1992, I went in, I had done what I was supposed to do. I got a quote unquote clean bill of health and I left and resumed my regular life. And I can tell you right now that there are people who still think that way and still behave that way. And it's not a judgment call. So then um, to my sorrow, I then met the individual who did transmit HIV to me. Not that I knew it at the time. Matter of fact, I did not know it until April 1st, 1996, to which again, I had gotten tested, not because I was sick, not because I was informed, not because somebody suggested it. I had a confluence of things happen where I said, oh, snap, I engaged in one of those at-risk behaviors. Maybe I should go get tested. Good damn thing I did, or I would never have known my status. Here's the kicker. While I was in that relationship, it was approximately, I don't know, four to six months with that individual of whom transmitted HIV to me. I don't know if he knew he did or not. Um, he, I can bank, though, that when I notified him in person, well, and he was the only person, actually, it was over the phone, um, he had an opportunity to get tested and find out. Uh, but I am willing to give the flexibility that at the time, while I was seeing him and being intimate with him, that he may not have known his status. No sooner did the relationship start to uh, not spindle out, what's the right word? Taper, taper out. Um, and I was in, I don't know, was I in, in an accounting class? I think I was in an, an accounting class that I looked so ill and I felt so sick that the professor stopped the class and had everybody congregate around me. And I, to this day, cannot remember how I got from that classroom to a faraway clinic because it wasn't a clinic on the college campus. And while I was at that clinic, they tested me for allegedly everything. Was this presenting as bronchial pneumonia? Was this presenting as mono? Was this uh, presenting as a college student working too hard, too stressed, not eating, not sleeping, anything, but te testing me for the HIV antibody. It was a wicked missed opportunity, by the way. And um, I can hold my grudges, but I can also put it in the appropriate context. So I am going to surmise why it is they did not even think to test me for the HIV antibody. I was white, I was young, I was female, I was educated, I was not a sex worker, I was not an addict, I didn't have a blood transfusion, I was not bisexual, I did not fit any of the messaging of the day. And so I was one of those who had fallen through the cracks. And folks are still 
falling through the cracks. And this is why. Because we no longer have in our everyday jargon the term seroconversion. With another episode, I am going to again use user-friendly, more approachable, substantiated by anecdotal stories about um, the disease process scientifically without all the scientific jargon. However, we hear all the time right now, circa 2022, that there are 1.2 million people uh, who have contracted, acquired HIV, and that there is a two-digit, I can't remember what it is, it's either 10, 11, or 12% of them have no friggin' idea that they have it. So they don't know that they might be transmitting it. They don't know they might be getting sick. They might not know that since somebody else had gotten it, that they too might be getting sick. And because we put this cultural noose around people's necks, like, well, you should close your legs. Did you use a condom? What's your, what do you do in your bedroom behind closed doors? Since people think that way, instead of the way of, if you get sick and you show symptoms of swollen lymph nodes, fatigue, you're tired, difficulty breathing, that you have the sniffles, that you're coughing. Yes, absolutely. Rule out everything. Rule out the mono. Rule out the pneumonias. Rule out the C word. Because I don't know. Can I say COVID? I'm saying COVID. It's a real thing. And I'm tired. I'm tired that we can't say COVID. That you rule out all of those things. And if you go, I don't know, friggin' test for the HIV antibody. And that we have practitioners, anywhere from a school nurse to a college campus medical health professional to doctors, nurse practitioners that do not have the thought process that if someone who is otherwise healthy all of a sudden gets knocked out, drag out, knocked down, drag out sick, that they don't go, huh, let's ask those questions about the modes of transmission because this might be an HIV issue. I'll leave it at that. Thank you for joining me today. And this is my hope from having had visited with you today. My hope is that we put those three acronyms, HIV, HCI, and AIDS, in their proper place And that we understand that we have something at our disposal, in our arsenal, that's pretty banging. And that's the concept of seroconversion. And so by having these four elements discussed today and not being complicated by other issues around the medical disease process, then maybe you'll join me next week when I begin to share what it is the virus does and eventually we'll get to why it is people have responded to what a virus does (gasps) oh boy have we cast quite a loop there i digress i am hopeful that we can continue to take this journey together and that as we discuss our language 
around this medical disease, that we will go out into the community, we will sit around the table with our families, that we will talk to our friends in such a way that we don't come from the place of ignorance and malice, pardon the sound, but we come from a place of What would you do if you had a pinprick? What would you do if you had cut your leg? What would you do if you had a concussive injury? You would go get treatment. And that you should not be demonized, minimized, made smaller, shoved into a corner because nobody put baby in the corner. And that you just have the freedom, the freedom to deal with your diagnosis and the subsequent treatment and care. Until the next time, be well.